It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. I'm excited to be with you to begin the week. Hope you had a good weekend. Tennessee picked up its first win of the season against ETSU on Saturday. The Vols get the win 59-3 over ETSU coming into Neyland Stadium. So it's win number one for Jeremy Pruitt as Tennessee's head coach. Coming up on today's show, some good things, some not so good things to take out of the win against ETSU. An obvious positive would be it is a win, and Tennessee dominated, but there are some things within the game for Tennessee to work on very clearly. So I'll go over a few of those things. You will hear from Jeremy Pruitt talking about the win, talking about some of the players who received opportunities to go out there and play on Saturday based on how they performed last week in practice leading up to the game. One of those guys, somebody who didn't play so well the week before, but the way he worked leading up to ETSU gave him an opportunity on Saturday. Jeremy Pruitt's going to talk about that. You'll hear from offensive lineman Ryan Johnson as he was at center for D on Saturday, his first game starting at center this season for the Vols after starting at right guard last week, replacing Brandon Kennedy. Ryan Johnson met with the media after Tennessee's win on Saturday, and you'll hear from him on today's show. And Florida was upset at home by Kentucky on Saturday That changes the conversation, I think, a little bit about Tennessee and Florida coming up on September 22nd. I'll get to all of that coming up on Locked on Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on the third-party apps. If you do have time to rate and review the show, that would be a big help to the podcast. Thanks to everybody who has done that so far. Taking a moment to rate and review the show would be a big help. Moving forward, today's show is presented by The Athletic. Check out theathletic.com slash Rocky Talk, and you can receive 40% off a first-year subscription. I just re-upped for the second year of my subscription last week. So Tennessee on Saturday gets win number one, 59-3 over ETSU. It really wasn't a competition. It wasn't expected to be a competition coming in. ETSU is an FCS program that's only been up and running over the last few years. And they came in and played hard, but Tennessee no doubt was going to get the win. It was just going to really be about how much Tennessee would win by and what Tennessee would be able to get done in the game. So three good things to take away, three not-so-good things to take away from Tennessee's win on Saturday. I'll start with the good. I think the first thing that stands out, newcomers made plays for Tennessee. Bryce Thompson with the interception, he almost returned for a touchdown. Jeremy Banks came in as a true freshman. He was a guy I said, yeah, maybe he gets some snaps the other day. 13 carries, 62 yards, two touchdowns. Looks like a physical runner in Tennessee's offense as well. Madre London, eight carries, 47 yards, close to a six-yard per carry average, and a couple of touchdowns. Two newcomers in the backfield who were brought in and to, to be bigger, more physical backs, they showed maybe they can do that. And I think Madre London has shown that he's capable of that already with his time at Michigan State. Emmett Gooden led Tennessee in tackles. He had Tennessee's only credited sack against ETSU. The fact that Tennessee only had one sack, I'm going to get to that coming up in just a moment. But newcomers were making plays for Tennessee, and we talked last week about getting guys onto the field, getting them more of an opportunity, and that happened on Saturday. And one of those players I mentioned, Bryce Thompson, he didn't overall play that well 
last Saturday. Now, that was his first game ever in college, and he was going up against a West Virginia offense that is really good. But cornerback Bryce Thompson is going to be an important part of Tennessee's defense, and he's one of Tennessee's best athletes, I think. He just has a lot to learn. But after struggling a little bit in the opener, he got the start week two. Why? Here's what Jeremy Pruitt said about Bryce Thompson and his chance to start and make plays this past weekend. Well, I think Bryce would be the first to tell you he didn't play very well last week, not on Saturday. Uh, some of their players had something to do with it, and some of his lack of or lack of uh, probably experience and and um, you know making some errors had you know had a lot to do with it. But the one thing he did, he came back on Monday and he competed and he played with an edge uh, and he practiced with an edge. All right? And if he continues to do that, he's going to get better every week. Uh, so it was drastically different than some of the other guys. So Bryce Thompson put in the work to be ready to play on Saturday, and he was rewarded by Tennessee's coaching staff. So here's a little bit more from Jeremy Pruitt on that, what that says about Bryce Thompson, and just overall the importance of how players practice and that carrying over to the games. Well, to me, the guys that practice uh, are the guys that's going to play, the guys that practice the right way. You know, like today, Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler could have played, and Ty can't help it that that you know he had an injury last week, but he really didn't get a chance to truly participate till about Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and those other guys have had good weeks, you know. So just to be fair to those guys, we should give them opportunities. And the way this we were going to play Ty today, um, but the way the score got, we just didn't we held him out. So how you practice matters. Bryce Thompson, Emmett Gooden, Jeremy Banks getting opportunities. That's a message to other players. You better be ready when we hit the practice field. I think that's being said by Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff. Another positive, in the end, Tennessee blew out ETSU. Now, it didn't get off to as good of a start. Tennessee went into the delay with a 10-0 lead against ETSU. But in the end, Tennessee gets a 59-3 blowout victory over ETSU. This is a team you're supposed to dominate. And overall, especially in the scoreboard, Tennessee did. Special teams was a factor there. But Tennessee gets a 59-3 win when it's a 37.5-point favorite, according to offshore accounts. So it's a game where you want to be able to play a lot of guys. You want in the third and fourth quarter to be able to do really whatever you want to with the personnel. And Tennessee was able to do that. So that's a positive. Tennessee did what it was supposed to against ETSU. And then another positive, I said last week, you need to find some plays down the field. You need to open up the passing a little bit. And that's something that still needs to be worked on and still has to be proven against higher-level competition. But Marquez Callaway had a 51-yard catch down the field. Jordan Murphy had a 50-yard catch. Josh Palmer, a 51-yard catch. Murphy, that big catch down the sideline on the throw from Keller Christ. Tennessee was able to make some plays down the field. The Vols need to do it more, and Tennessee's going to attempt to do it more. But I do think that's a positive, that especially the Garantano to Callaway connection. That's something to watch moving forward. Callaway's Tennessee's best wide receiver, I think, right now. Could Juwan Jennings be that at some point? Maybe, but that's also a question right now of how involved is Juwan going to be soon at receiver? He's not really right now. He was as involved in special teams as he was on offense on Saturday. Jennings had one ball thrown his way, and he caught it. So he's had three targets this season and three catches. But Marquez Callaway is the top receiver and Garantano to Callaway is something that we're going to be watching moving forward. They came in together in the 2016 class. They've been throwing for the last three years. 
it looks like that connection is very real from what we've seen through the first two games of the season. So three things to feel good about coming up, three things to not feel so great about coming out of the win against ETSU. Some things that show that Tennessee still has to work on moving forward. That's coming up right here on Locked on Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast today presented by TheAthletic.com. Also in a moment, you're going to hear Ryan Johnson with probably the best soundbite from Saturday night. And it was courtesy a question from David Ubbin, who's doing a great job covering Tennessee for The Athletic. His story last week on Dominique Wood Anderson is worth your time to go read. I just re-upped my subscription for another year at The Athletic. I love the coverage. I love the college football writing that we see nationally from Stuart Mandel, Bruce Feldman, Max Olson, Nicole Auerbach. It's a subscription-based publisher at The Athletic with smarter sports coverage for die-hard fans. And the website works great. It's simple. It's clean. No ads, no pop-ups, no autoplay videos. NFL season is here. Read about the Titans' long Sunday from Travis Haney. They have great NFL coverage, baseball coverage with the playoffs right around the quarter. And how about this? If you go to theathletic.com slash rockytalk, theathletic.com slash R-O-C-K-Y-T-A-L-K, you can receive 40% off a first-year subscription. That's only $2.99 a month. It's an unbelievable deal. $2.99 a month for great sports coverage. Go to theathletic.com slash rockytalk. Today's show is also presented by FanDuel. I played a little bit of FanDuel action this weekend with the NFL. Survived in the Survivor Contest as well. Thanks, Baltimore. You should check out FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And at FanDuel.com, there are so many different ways you can play. They have the Gridiron Pick'em. They have Guru. It's a new tool that makes building smarter lineups simple for fans of all skill levels, and that's a big part of FanDuel. You don't have to be a fantasy expert to play. You can play at your own pace. You can set up friends mode. You can play free contests. Have a lot of fun playing at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. They also have Beat the Score. It's a new contest type where instead of having to come in a top place amongst a sea of competitors, you just have to beat a preset score. So check it out for yourself. FanDuel.com slash locked on. New users get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash locked on. So three not so good things for Tennessee coming out of the win against ETSU on Saturday. Number one, the offensive line still has issues. At the end of the first quarter, ETSU had zero rushing yards and it still had more rushing yards than Tennessee. Tennessee finished the first quarter with negative one rushing yards against ETSU. The Vols offensive line was not getting the job done, and that was on the interior. Trey Smith didn't have his best game. Now, he's Tennessee's best offensive lineman. I would say he's Tennessee's best player. That doesn't change based on how he played for the first 15, 20 minutes of the game against ETSU. But the offensive line showed it still has some work to do. And even with some running backs coming in and having some nice runs later, Tennessee finished the game with only 4.3 yards per carry against ETSU. That's how many yards ETSU averaged against Tennessee's defense, which I'll get to in a moment. But Tennessee only 4.3 yards per carry on the ground. The Vols just aren't getting it done enough up front. And I think they're trying to figure out exactly what the best interior combination is, what to do at right tackle exactly. The starting lineup on the offensive line was what I expected it to be. From left to right, Trey Smith, Jameer Johnson, Ryan Johnson, Jerome Carvin, and Drew Richmond. But the offensive line, it, it's going to need to be better in pass blocking. But I think really run blocking is where the big focus is going to be for Tennessee. And I think Saturday was just a reminder 
that it's going to take time. And a lot of these conversations are going to sound repetitive. I'm going to say a lot. Well, Tennessee is going to need some work in the strength program. Tennessee is going to need some work with Will Friend, the offensive line coach, helping the offensive line understand. And you have Jameer Johnson, who's a newcomer. You have Jerome Carvin, a true freshman on Tennessee's offensive line. So these guys are playing at the Division One, the FBS college level, for the first time in some places. But also the mindset, learning to be more physical, and also communication, continuity, the, the different things they're trying to build on the offensive line. What Kyler Kerbison talked about when he joined last week's show on Thursday, those are all issues that are still, I think, pretty glaring for Tennessee's offense. Another concern coming out of the game on Saturday, where's the pass rush? Tennessee's defensive line is just not being disruptive enough, and that continues to be a concern. Jonathan Kongbo, who's in that outside linebacker position, a guy that is right now for Tennessee the starter at Jack, is he going to be able to get after the quarterback? Because after two games, he has not been able to, and the guys up front are not being effective enough. Think about this. Tennessee had one sack in the game against ETSU. That was the sack where the quarterback ran out of bounds, Emmett Gooden was credited with the sack. Tennessee only had one sack in the game. The week before, Mars Hill recorded three sacks against ETSU. So Tennessee had two less sacks than Mars Hill had against East Tennessee State this past Saturday. That doesn't tell you everything, but it is a reminder. After the first game and then after a game at home against ETSU, Tennessee just has not applied enough pressure. And teams are going to try to get the football out quickly, but against West Virginia, the offensive line just beat Tennessee's defensive line. And against ETSU, Tennessee didn't do enough up front. That is something that has to change. And then the third, to balance things out, not so good thing coming out of Saturday, there's still just a huge unknown with Tennessee's team overall. Inconsistency is probably something to expect right now, but it's something we're going to be talking about a lot as well. Now, a positive is next week, a game against UTEP, allows more time to develop on that. UTEP is awful. UTEP has not won since 2016. UNLV beat UTEP 52-24 to on Saturday, a week after UTEP lost to Northern Arizona by 20 points. So Tennessee is going to have another opponent this week where it can focus on itself, work on improving things we talked about last week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again this week. That's what this Saturday will be for because this Saturday also is going to be about leading up to the Florida game which I'm going to talk about as well. The, the conversation has changed with the Gators coming to town on September 22nd. Tennessee has one more game to practice, prepare, work on itself before you dive into SEC play and what an SEC schedule it is. So three things to feel good about, three things to not feel so good about coming out of the win against ETSU. Tennessee now 1-1 one one on the season, and the offensive line is a factor there. I do still think long-term there's something to build on, at least with the personnel. Ryan Johnson has moved to center, and he practiced there in the spring. He played there last year late in the season, by the way. So he has as much time playing center for Tennessee as Brandon Kennedy does. In games, he has more experience, and he's just a redshirt sophomore. Jerome Carvin is just a true freshman playing for Tennessee. Jameer Johnson, a junior college transfer, he is just a redshirt sophomore. Trey Smith at left tackle, he's a sophomore. You have a lot of youth on the offensive line, which means you have time to grow and time to develop. And Ryan Johnson overall, I think, is an impressive guy. I think he understands the position. I just think overall the offensive line has a lot of work to do 
uh, off the field in the strength program. I mean, Jameer Johnson's listed at 285. I'm not sure he's quite there yet. He, he may be, but when he stands next to Trey Smith, there is a noticeable difference in size. Now, Trey Smith's listed 320, so maybe Jameer Johnson is up to 285, but they need him to get bigger either way. So as much as you're, I'm sure, tired of hearing about it's going to take time, it is going to take some time. But Ryan Johnson understands what his position is, I think, at center. Now it's about maybe the reps and, again, that continuity with the offensive line. But listen to what he said on Saturday. Ryan Johnson was talking about the change from guard to center, where he is now. And he talked about at center, he has to obviously snap the ball. He has to block. And he has to make declarations. So David Ubbin of The Athletic, who I mentioned a moment ago, he asked Ryan Johnson, what exactly does that mean, make declarations? Here's what Ryan Johnson said. So that means a lot of things. So the center has calls. The center has um, things that uh, determine the blocking scheme. And we've studied that beforehand when we've watched the team. And so the center makes those calls to determine what we're, how we're blocking. We relay that to the quarterback, to the running backs, but also to the offensive line so we know we're on the same page. And so that's, that's key. So the whole offense is on the same page. That's all pre-snap? That's all pre-snap. And uh, like somebody, somebody used to tell me, uh, your your offensive uh, coordinator, it's you can. I'm an offensive lineman, so you can put this in terms of food. Your offensive coordinator says we're we're uh, we're going to eat steak tonight. Your quarterback says we're going to Ruth Chris. I say we're having uh, a ribeye and baked potato. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, Vol Center Ryan Johnson there, and he was also asked about the offensive line. You know, building continuity together and growing together off the field. What do they like to do off the field together? And he said, eat. They like food. So that's a big part of the uh, the growing part of the offensive line. And Jeremy Pruitt's probably fine with that. You want to eat good food. But eating, weight training, and again, time, that's all going to be needed for Tennessee's offensive line. You're listening to Locked on Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. The show is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, the third-party apps as well. Thanks to everybody who has rated and reviewed the show. Coming up in just a moment, the conversation leading up to that Florida game on September 22nd has changed after what happened this weekend and a few other takeaways from Tennessee's game on Saturday against ETSU. That's coming up on the show in just a moment. As today's show is presented by MyBookie, go to mybookie.ag and you can take advantage of a great opportunity. If you think you know who's going to win this weekend, the first NFL weekend is behind us. Actually, do have some games tonight, two Monday night football games. You can lay down some cash and win big today. And at MyBookie, they've been in business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy. Who you're betting on is important, but it's just as important to remember where you're betting with matters. So check out MyBookie. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE, that's one word, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE, one word, when creating your account to claim the bonus. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. 
your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Tennessee is getting ready for UTEP on Saturday. And as I mentioned last segment, it's the final tune-up before Florida comes to town. And I think the conversation around the Florida game has changed since what happened on Saturday. Florida lost to Kentucky for the first time since 1986. Florida, with Dan Mullen there as a head coach, all of a sudden doesn't look like as difficult of an opponent to beat as it appeared would be the case maybe after the opener, or at least during the offseason when we were trying to pick game by game and project ahead. Now, we also need to be careful about looking at one game and determining what that means for an entire season. But with Tennessee hosting Florida, which will be coming off a loss in its SEC opener, Florida has Colorado State this upcoming weekend, Tennessee has to look at Florida and say, hey, if Kentucky can go to Gainesville and win, why can't we beat Florida at home? Tennessee was neck and neck with Florida last year. Tennessee beat Florida the year before. Tennessee had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter in 2015. Tennessee blew a two-score lead in 2014 at home. Tennessee's been right there with the Gators. Now Tennessee gets Florida, which looks vulnerable. I am not sitting here saying that Florida's a guaranteed win, but I said in the offseason, man, that's going to be a big game for Tennessee because you get Florida before you have Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina. That is a brutal stretch. If Tennessee can get a win against Florida before those SEC games, Tennessee has a much better chance of getting to the postseason, getting to at least 6-6, six and six. Plus, that would be a, a big win. It would be against your rival, the Gators. That, that would be huge for Tennessee's football program. It could go either way, I think, on September 22nd. But now I, I do think there is more optimism of Tennessee's chances to beat Florida. I will also say something I've said before, and I think Saturday was a reminder that there are a lot of games that could go either way. Tennessee could beat Florida on September 22nd and lose to Kentucky in November or lose to Vanderbilt. There was no guaranteed win for Tennessee in SEC play. So remember, there are a lot of different scenarios for how this season could play out. But with Florida, September 22nd, it's your rival. It's your first SEC game. It's going to be an energetic night at Neyland Stadium with the 98 National Championship team being honored. The conversation over the next two weeks is going to be interesting leading up to that game. And next week, it's going to be a lot of fun. Florida week in Knoxville is always fun. And I think that's going to be the case next week as Jeremy Pruitt will be getting ready for his first game in the SEC as Tennessee's head coach. But before that, Tennessee gets ready for UTEP. And coming out of the weekend, I wanted to hit a few more takeaways. One is that the Vols haven't turned it over. Jeremy Pruitt was talking about that Saturday after the game and mentioned that the Vols had one turnover and then stopped himself and said, actually, that was overturned after the replay on Jeremy Banks' fumble. Turned out to not be a fumble. So through two games, and it's just two games, but Tennessee has not turned the ball over those are going to be important factors for Tennessee. Turnover margin, to this point, Tennessee's done well. Something else that's going to matter, special teams. And I think Tennessee has done well in special teams to this point. There's still more to be learned. How will Brent Samaglia do with big kicks that he's going to have at some point this season? Joe Doyle is only two games in, but two games in, I think he's done a really nice job as Tennessee's punter. And remember, he's in a tough spot replacing Trevor Daniel. And I think Joe's done a really nice job handling the punting duties for Tennessee. You had the blocked punt for a touchdown by Mark Will Osborne. So some things to build on in special teams, which are going to be important. And then this is a little thing, but Tennessee in the first game 
came out maybe not ready to go in the second half after the long lightning delay. With the delay in the first half against ETSU, there was more energy for Tennessee's football team. Tennessee was probably going to blow out ETSU either way, but Tennessee showed more energy. Jeremy Pruitt actually talked about that, how they handled things maybe a little differently week two after the experience the week before. I think, um, you know, probably last week was a, was a good lesson for the players. I don't think that we done a whole lot differently from a coaching staff. We got our plan together. We presented it to the players. But I think, uh, you know, I think our strength staff, I think our support staff uh, tried to create a little more juice uh, when we come out on the field. You know, last week when we got out there, for whatever reason, it's my fault, um, I didn't see a lot of that. So we've got to improve on that. Everything's new for our guys, okay? We get up, you know, 45 points. It's new for them. How do you act, okay? Uh, how do you play? The expectation shouldn't change. To me, the scoreboard zero to zero. Why should the scoreboard affect the way you play? So... Um, there's lots of lessons for us to learn, and we're new in this program, and, and you know, we, we'll learn them and, and, and keep chugging along. And with that, remember, Jeremy Pruitt's also getting used to this. When he was the defensive coordinator at Alabama or Florida State or Georgia, he didn't have to deal with, okay, these extenuating circumstances. Something happens that you don't expect. Now he does as the head coach. It's a learning process for him. He experienced that in week one. So Tennessee, one and one, getting ready for UTEP. It was a fun and wild college football weekend. Arizona State upset Michigan State. Kentucky beat Florida. Clemson, Texas A&M came down to the wire, and A&M almost got the Tigers on Saturday night. Georgia blew through South Carolina. I think right now it's pretty obvious that Georgia is not only in the driver's seat, but Georgia is going to be tough for anybody in the East to try to top. What a beatdown that was by Georgia on the road against South Carolina. College football is back. I think I speak for everybody. It's a good thing that college football is back. I'll be back tomorrow and on the show. We will have heard from Jeremy Pruitt. He will have had a chance to watch the film. He has a press conference this afternoon. So hear from Jeremy Pruitt on the show. Moving forward over the next couple of weeks, I'll be talking about that on the show as well. It is Locked on Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast. Rate and review the show. Share the show. Tell other Tennessee fans about it. As today's show has been presented by The Athletic, check out theathletic.com slash rockytalk for 40% off. Also presented by FanDuel and MyBookie. I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. Feel free to reach out to me anytime on there. Thanks so much for hanging out today, and I'll see you tomorrow. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day